listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Whether you know this or not, I will share this thought with you, that there are many people that are afraid to let the Holy Ghost move like you saw in that clip, or afraid to allow uh, the manifestations of the Spirit to freely move in their churches or in their lives. And many think that it'll drive people away, that if we let that kind of stuff go on, you know, it'll drive people away. It won't drive people away. Remember this, the Holy Spirit, his main job is to draw men to Jesus. The Bible says that no man can be saved unless the Spirit draws him. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who convicts the heart of a sinner. He's not pushing people away from Jesus. He's pulling people to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit's work. He pulls people to Jesus. Not He doesn't push them away. And his gifts and his manifestations are signs that pull people to Jesus Christ. And the gifts of the Spirit are there for that purpose. In fact, Paul taught plainly that that tongues, speaking in tongues, is a sign to the unbeliever, not the believer, not the believer. I mean, think about this. I don't need to hear tongues in order to know Jesus is alive. I don't need to hear tongues in order to know his power is real. That's for the unbeliever. I already believe. Christians already believe. And so when you hear people making the argument, well, brother, we should really keep, you know, that speaking in tongues to a minimum, if at all, on our Sunday morning services, because, you know, we've got visitors there that are unbelievers and we're really focused on them. So what are you you saying? That tongues is not a sign to the unbeliever? There's my friend, David Hall. Love it. Another Holy Ghost man. Another Holy Ghost preacher. He stands for the Holy Ghost. And I appreciate that sees many baptisms in the Holy Spirit wherever he preaches. Why? He's not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. And we're living in a day where we cannot be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. He is the drawing power to Jesus. He's the one who empowers us. He's the one who gives us the ability to do the works of Christ. And so we cannot be ashamed of our best friend, the Holy Spirit. He was sent to us. My father's preached this for years. He said, Jesus would not have sent us the Holy Spirit, unless we needed him. And we do need him. We need him now more than we ever have. And I'm telling you right now, there's many, and and these that that are on that are friends of mine that are preachers and teachers, they can attest to the fact that there's many in our generation that are trying to push back from the move of the Holy Spirit, from speaking in tongues, from, from being, and they're ashamed. That's the problem is that they're actually ashamed of the mighty power of God. They want to create some streamlined um, Christianity that has no offensive uh, content of of the Holy Spirit. For, you know, you can't be, (laughs) I love you, David, so is your dad. You can't be uh, uh, in a church where the Holy Spirit is moving as a sinner and not feel the conviction for your sin. You, you know, you understand that, don't you? That's why it's a sad thing. If you can go to a church and attend it and go there for two years and still live in sin and never feel convicted for your sin, you're in the wrong place, my friend. You need to be in a place where the Holy Ghost moves. See, 
Of course, people that are living in sin will feel uncomfortable. One of the biggest lies that we've ever been taught is that we need to create an environment where sinners are comfortable. There should not be a comfort living in sin. We should, we should create a welcoming environment, no question. We should create a kind environment, no question. We should create a loving environment, no question. But not a comfortable environment where sinners can come in and sit in our church for a year. Even, you know, even a Sunday is too long to come in and sit down and never feel convicted for sin. That's a, I don't want them to be comfortable. I want sinners to feel uncomfortable. I want them to feel the tug of the Holy Spirit on their heart, pulling them to Jesus. I don't mean I want them to feel condemned. I don't want them to feel condemned. I want them to feel conviction. And there's a massive difference between conviction and condemnation. Always remember this. They are opposites. Condemnation is the opposite of conviction. Remember this. People condemn, but the Holy Spirit convicts. People condemn, the Holy Spirit convicts. Watch this. Condemnation pushes people away from Jesus, but conviction pulls people to Jesus. You see that? Condemnation pushes people from Jesus, but conviction pulls people to Jesus. And if you're watching that, I want you to pop that in the comments, that condemnation pushes people from Jesus, conviction pulls people to Jesus. And so we need the Holy Ghost. And every one of us need a, a, a fresh, mighty touch from the Holy Spirit without question. You can live at the next level on a daily basis. You don't have to be in a position where you go up then down like a roller coaster Christian. I'm up one year, down the next year, up one month, down the next month. No, 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 no. You can live on the next level. You can live at the next level by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so tonight, that's what I want to deal with in the time that we have together in these spirit of faith sessions where we're believing God for your faith to go to another level, even during a time that some would call an international crisis, when many are afraid, many are afraid, many are worried about the future, many are unsure what's going to take place with their family. In this moment, we're going to take this time to build your faith and lift you up to another level. My desire is that through every one of these sessions we're doing nightly is that you would be built up and strengthened to the next level and that your strength would continue in the faith to go to another level every single night. You shouldn't come back tomorrow night and be at the same level of faith as tonight. And so we're setting our faith for you. I'm praying for you. I've been praying for you in the daytime. Lord, as we preach and as we teach, touch your people, build their faith, raise them up to the next level. Touch your people, build their faith, raise them up to the next level. And God's doing it. I'm getting testimonies back from people that as they're uh, hearing the preaching, the teaching, I just saw my friend Robert Conover's on again tonight. Love you, my friend. That's another preacher, powerful preacher. We got a, a, a comment section full of preachers tonight. And so I just want to hear, I want, I want you to hear this from me, is that our faith, our strength is being built by the Holy Ghost and by his word. And that's what our, that's the goal of these sessions is to take you to another level. And tonight, the thought that I'm giving you is you can live how to live on another level, how to live on another level. I want to show you just a few verses tonight. Listen to this. Um, I'd like to start with you with the uh, book of Isaiah chapter 40. 
So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40. And I want to look with you at one verse, the 31st verse, Isaiah 40, 31, powerful verse. Listen to this. And you, you, many of you probably know this by heart already. If you're just logging on, take a minute to hit the share button because sharing is caring. All right, Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait for the Lord or wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so this is a very important verse for you to get into your spirit, especially in regards to living at another level, because we can clearly see here that the key to staying at at a place where you soar like an eagle, according to the Bible, you soar like an eagle, is waiting upon the Lord. Now, if you didn't understand how to properly read this scripture, you might think you're waiting on God like he missed the bus. <laughs> you might think you might think you're waiting on the Lord, you know, as though he's late. Man, we had a meeting, we had a, an appointment scheduled, and the Lord has missed the meeting. I don't know what's going on. I've been waiting on him for the past 45. No, he, he's you're not waiting on him like he's late. The word, the, the actual word there, wait, actually means to bind together, to look for or expect, to have an expectation, to have a binding together, a binding together. Think about it this way. Just like when you go to a restaurant and uh, you sit down, your your um, the hostess seats you, and then what happens? Your waiter or your waitress comes to the table. What do they say to you? I want you to get this analogy. What do they say to you when they come to the table? You might have a man that's a waiter at the restaurant step up to your table and say, hi, I'm Rick. I will be your waiter for tonight. I'll be taking care of the table for tonight. What they mean is I'll be your waiter for tonight. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I'll be your waiter. I'll be your waitress tonight. So what's happening? Right in that moment, the waiter is binding himself to your table binding himself. You've sat in his section. Now he's binding himself to your table, which means he is now going to help you, assist you, carry out your requests as you are bound to him in his section. In the same way, this word wait here means a binding together. They that wait upon the Lord. And so watch this because it's a very important analogy. Instead of thinking of it like this, they that wait upon the Lord, you need to think about it like this. They that wait, holding a tray, a platter, is there anything else I could get you? Well, you know, same thing the waiter says to those at the table. What can I get you to drink? What would you like for dinner this evening? What can I do for you? Would you like anything extra? Could I get you some dessert? Would you like a coffee to go? The same thing. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm not waiting on him time-wise as though he's missed the bus. I am serving. Think of it as serving. I am serving the Lord. What would you like, Lord? Would you like anything else, Lord? What can I do for you, Lord? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So what the Bible's teaching us here is those that are expectantly serving God are those that God will cause to mount up with wings like eagles. 
Those are the ones that will run and not be weary. Hallelujah. Those are the ones that will walk and never faint. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They that wait upon the Lord, those that are bound to him in service. That's it. Those that are bound to him in service shall renew their strength. And so what the word of God is teaching us is if you want to mount up with wings like eagles, if you want to run and not be weary, if you want to walk and not faint, the key here is what am I doing that is obedience to the word that I've been given? Am I attacking my purpose? Am I doing what God's called me to do? Because here's the key. If you compare this verse to Psalm 127 and verse 1, the Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, they, they that labor, labor in vain that build it. It means that if God's not in what you're doing, then it's a, a vain work. It's, it's fruitless. It, it has no, no purpose. And so I don't want to just do something that I feel like doing. I want to do what God's called me to do. Do you know one reason that many people are frustrated is because they've never determined or discovered what God has called them to do in life. And that's a dangerous place to be because God has a plan for every man and every woman. He has a plan. He even said in the Old Testament to his children in Israel, I know the plan that I have for you. You, you go further. Psalm 1611, you show me the path of life. So there's a path of life for every man, every woman connected to God and covenant, not the paths of life. He said, I will show unto you, you show me the path of life. It's singular. It's singular. Knowing the good, acceptable, perfect will of the Lord. He has a will for you. He has a path for you. Discovering the path is vitally important. Do you know any time I've ever met a man of God or a woman of God that has made extreme significant impact on their nation or on their world. Uh, I always ask them the same question and then I write down their answer. Anytime I meet an impactful minister, I ask the same, you know what it is? I say, uh, if you could go back in time and if you could... Um, Tell yourself, now that you've lived and now that you've done things, if you could go back in time and tell the 30-year-old you one thing, what would you tell the 30-year-old you? And do you know what over 90% of them have told me that don't even know each other, that have no fellowship, that have no relationship? Over 90-some percent of them have said the same thing. They say, I would go back to the 30-year-old me and I would say, find out what God wants you to do and do only that thing. You see that? These same, same thing. And it's blow, it blows my mind because they don't even know each other. They honestly, and may, they may say it in slightly different words than the others did, but they've all said the same thing. I would go back in time and tell myself at a younger age, find out what God wants you to do and only do that thing. Which shows you, and then obviously when I dig deeper, the reason for that is Psalm 127.1. Because anytime somebody's gotten involved in doing something that the Lord didn't tell them to do, what happens when you start operating outside of God's plan for your life? You start having to provide your own resources, your own strength, your own joy, your own health, your own protection. Why? Because you're doing something God never told you to do. 
But when you do something that he told you to do, he provides the resources, he provides the strength, he provides the joy, he provides the protection. Why? Because it's his project. It's his project. And so he provides. It's his project. I want you to write this in the comments. Every person watching, pop it in the comments. God always pays for what he orders. God always pays for what he orders. Every time. Every time. God always pays for what he orders. God's not going to order you to do something and help you figure it out on your own. I'm out of here. I'm not going to provide for it. No, that's not how God works. See, you can many times you can get uh, something extra from uh, a scripture you may read by reading the exact opposite of the scripture. It helps you because if something, if there's something that's said definitely, then the opposite is also true. Let me give you an example. If you were, to, for example, to read the verse of scripture that says, "If God be for you, who can be against you?" If you if you read that scripture, well. Flip that around and say the opposite of it. If God is against you, then who can be for you? Makes the same, uh, it's the same scripture read in reverse, but you can understand the difference now. What does the Bible say? For example, when would you ever be in a situation like that? Well, what does the Bible say? God opposes the proud. God opposes the proud. God and gives more grace to the humble. So if you live a life full of pride, and which obviously is a sin, if you lived a life full of pride and and everything you did was was pride, guess what? Guess what? God would be opposed to you. I do not want God as my opponent. I do not want God opposing my life. He said he resists, he opposes the proud. And so if God is against you, who can be for you? (laughs) I mean, the whole Old Testament is stories like that. Like Jericho, you got the walls of Jericho where everybody that was up on the walls looked down at God's people and basically laughed at them because as history tells us, the walls were so thick that you could run chariot races around the top like it was old school NASCAR. I mean, side by side by side, run chariot races. They were massive walls and basically they thought there's no way God's people will ever penetrate these walls. They're never going to come in and take over. We've got all this in our back pocket because we put our trust in the walls. And it looks like that their walls are stronger than God's people. But here's the real thing. If God's against you, who can be for you? Meaning if God's against you, your walls won't protect you. If God's against you, it doesn't matter if you have the biggest military in the world. You go back. I mean, go back and think about Pharaoh coming after God's people. Egypt was the place to be in the ancient world. Egypt was the center of activity. Pharaoh may be considered the most powerful man in the known world. His army would have been serious, absolutely unstoppable. But let me tell you something. If God's against you, who can be for you? Doesn't matter that you've got the biggest army in the world. Doesn't matter that you're the most powerful and important person in the world. If you are being opposed by God, you're going down. And you know as well as I do that God buried the Egyptian army in the bottom of the Red Sea. Because if God's against you, who can be for you? But if God's for you, who can be against you? You see that? If God's for you, who can be against you? So when you read that Psalm, the reason I said read it in the opposite way, if you read Psalm 127, one in the opposite, 
The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. See that? So when the Lord is building the house, none of your labors are in vain. Nothing that you do is in vain if you're doing what God has called you to do. If the Lord is building your house, nothing you do in that project is in vain. When you know that God's called you to the ministry, when you know that God's called you in whatever business that you're doing, when you know that God's called you to go to whatever school you're going to and directed your life and you're on the path of the Holy Spirit that he's laid out for you, nothing you do with inside that project or that path is in vain. For God is building the house. It's when people go outside of what God told them to do and start trying to do other things that they get into problems and they start having issues because you can wear yourself out. You can wear your strength out. You can lose everything by trying to do whatever you want to do rather than what God told you to do. But they that wait upon the Lord, they that bind themselves to God in covenant shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and never faint. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know what our story is going to be by the power of the Holy Ghost? We're getting ready to mount up with wings like eagles in 2020 like we never have ever before. I'm going to fly through this year in Jesus' name. I'm going to fly through this year. I'm going to fly through this year. David Higson says on Facebook, utter rubbish, absolute rubbish. By that, I take, I take him to mean that he doesn't agree at all with what I'm teaching. Message received, David. I'm going to fly through 2020. I'm going to mount up with wings like eagles, whether David Higson likes it or not. <laughs> Thanks for being on, David. And I'm telling you, that will be our story in Jesus' name, that we're going to mount up with wings as eagles. We're going to run and not grow weary. We will walk and we shall never faint, never faint in Jesus' name. So what does that mean? It means that we'll rise above every enemy. That's why I was preaching to you and talking to you. The fact that I'm not afraid, I cannot be, I can't even imagine myself being afraid of coronavirus. I can't even imagine it. Like, I can't even think, I'm trying right now to imagine it. I'm trying to think of a, of a scenario where I would be afraid of, of the, the coronavirus or catching, I can't even think of it because my faith does not even allow me to think like that. I mean, I can't even imagine it. I'm trying. I can't, I can't even imagine it. I can't imagine catching a virus. I can't imagine going through, having to go to the hospital like, <coughs> I got the coronavirus. I can't, even, I can't even bring myself to put on a mask or rubber gloves, let alone imagine myself. Why? I'm flying above it. How am I flying above it? I've been seated in heavenly places far above, far above all principalities, all powers, all dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. All things have been put under my feet because I'm seated with Christ and all things are under his feet. And God made him to be head over all things to his body, which is the church. We're the body of Christ that fills all in all. So I can't even imagine myself being afraid 
of something like that. I can't imagine myself being nervous that the devil was going to take me out. We're flying, my friends. We are flying through 2020 with, I mean, like you've never experienced in your Christian life. I'm, I've been prophesying since last year that this is our year of violent increase and expedited favor. Violent increase and expedited favor in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to fly. You're going to fly so high that there will be no enemy that can harass you, no enemy that can touch you. You are exempted from the attack of the enemy. Exempted. Exempted. You're not called to live from issue to issue, attack to attack, problem to problem, crisis to crisis. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he takes us from glory unto glory, from faith unto faith, from victory unto victory, from favor unto favor. If you read the Amplified Translation, I'm telling you, we're going to fly through 2020, the highest we've ever been by the power of God. And while others are trying to back away from the move of the Spirit, while others are trying to back away from the power of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you, I'm pressing in more than I ever have in my entire life. And if people don't like it, tough, because I'm not going to live some kind of a powerless gospel that does not carry the anointing of the Holy Ghost and that does not perform signs, wonders, and miracles. I refuse to have some watered down, uh, filtered version. You know, I'm not going to live Christianity light. You know, I, I can't stand that. Uh, I mean, it just blows my mind that people are actually satisfied with Christianity light going into a 55-minute service where they usher you in and out. There's no move of the Holy Ghost. There's no conviction for sin. There's no gifts of the Spirit in operation. There's no power of God at all. They've kicked him out of his own house. I mean, he hasn't been there in decades. They're not the church. God wouldn't care if we burnt that place to the ground because he hasn't been there in decades. They kicked him out of his own house. I'm not going to be in that crowd. Trust me when I tell you, and I know you won't be either because you're part of the end time remnant of God that's hungry for the things of God. I know you won't be one of those, but let me just tell you this. If we are going to be that end time remnant of God, we've got to ensure by our own faithfulness and dedication that our hearts never grow cold. My heart will never grow cold in Jesus name. I will never be one of those that fall away from the faith, thinking that I am, I am still part of the on-fire faith. And, and really what I've found is that I've got a form of godliness, but I deny the power thereof. That's what so many of these people have, a form of godliness that denies the power. And the Bible says when you see people like that, it said from such people, turn away. So don't eat, don't eat with them. Don't hang with them. Don't be best friends with them. Don't go. No. When you see them turn away. And so I got no desire to have any kind of relationship with people who mock the Holy ghost, who mock the things of God, who mock speaking in tongues, who mock prophecy, who mock healing, who mock deliverance, who mock the gift of faith that mock the working of miracles. I got no time for people like that. Christians, so-called Christians are not Christians. I don't care which, which they are might be anti-Christ people. They might be people that call themselves Christians that still make fun of this stuff. 
You got people throwing conferences like the Strange Fire Conference, and they're literally on the verge of hell to put men of God up on a projector and let the move of the Holy Spirit play on a projector in a crowd full of people so that they can then pause the video and mock what the Holy Spirit is doing on the video to the people at their crowd of their little conference. Let me tell you, when you start to attribute the works of the Holy Spirit to deceiving spirits, to to demons, or to the devil, you are on the verge of committing what the Bible says is the unpardonable sin which is the, un, I'm telling you, there's no coming back from that. When you start to attribute the works of God to the devil. And so I pray that these, I'm not hoping uh, for, for a calamity to come on these people that call themselves men of God. I'm praying that the Holy Ghost slaps them around and wakes them up to the fact that they are in a wrong and in a dangerous place. I know, for example, that conference that I just mentioned, I know one of the people that very clearly I know that one of the people that they mocked on those on those big projection screens is Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. Well, we know and I know that Dr. Rodney Howard Brown is in no way, shape or form a false prophet, a false teacher, some kind of a heretic. God has used him to touch the nations of the world. And there's people that'll they'll see what I, like stuff that I just played for you tonight to start this broadcast. That's why I'm not trying to distance myself from it. You know, because I, I I don't give a crap if people in the academic community think Brother Ted is really on the right track. I don't care. I don't care. You've got your little paper hanging in a frame on a wall, have never laid hands on one sick person, saw them healed. You've never seen one person delivered from heroin. You've never seen anybody raised from the dead. And so you got a little paper with some letters on it. You've written a few books but you want everybody to accept you. And that's the problem. When you operate in the power of God, everybody's not going to accept you. There will be people that reject what you do and reject what you say. It's ridiculous for people to move away from the Holy Ghost so that they can get more acceptance from any group of people that may be on the earth. What am I supposed to do? Care more about the opinions of dead men than I do about the opinion of God? I mean, how foolish. I said it the other night. That's as dumb as walking through a graveyard and asking yourself, I wonder what these people think of my outfit. They don't know. They're dead. Dead people don't have an opinion on the living. They're dead. And so why should I care what dead people think about the living? I don't care. And if you think that we're living in a time where we need to alter our doctrine or alter the manifestations of the Holy Ghost to be more acceptable to dead men that are coming in as first-time visitors, you don't understand the Bible. And you need to crack it open and understand that God's called us to be different. We're set apart. We're the called out ones. We're not, a, we're not like everybody else. That's right. Pastor Joel said it. He's on, he's on right now. When you operate in the power of God, everyone's not going to accept you. Here's a man. It makes me laugh because my friend Joel, here's a man that has been uh, rejected by some, ostracized by some because he won't stop preaching the gospel. He won't stop preaching the fire of the Holy Ghost. He won't stop preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Won't stop preaching repentance. So you got people that are upset that you that we all won't just drop, drop into the greasy grace message 
and sit around with, you know, and you, you think I'm messing around and being light about this. I'm being very serious that there's people that don't want to hang with you. If you won't get on and preach the greasy grace message that you can live any way you want and do shots with Justin Bieber in New Zealand and still call yourself a man of God. But there's still a price to be paid. There's still holiness that God expects from his people. We're still looking forward to the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that day is coming soon. And if you think now is the time to compromise what we've always been in this Pentecostal church, you have lost your mind more than ever before. We need the mighty fire of the Holy Ghost to sweep across this nation and to raise dead men to life by the power of God. As the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, though we were dead in trespasses and in sins, he raised us up together and seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, there's a whole crop of harvest people getting ready to come into the kingdom because of the mighty move of the Holy Ghost. And I, for one, and I know you're the same, I, for one, refuse to pull back from the Pentecostal message, I refuse. You know, I understand that people say, well, you know, them Pentecostal people, they're just not intelligent. That's why they believe that way. That They can say that if they want to. I don't mind if they say that. That's what Pastor Bill Motley, I love that quote. He said, there's no gospel without the supernatural. And that's exactly right. He's quoting there, by paraphrase, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul who said, I've not fully preached the gospel until I've shown you the supernatural power of God. And I'll show you that in a moment. And so there's men that have paid the price. That's right. I love it. Pastor Joel said, I refuse to pull back from the Pentecostal message. And so do I, my friend. So I don't care what people think about it. I don't care what people say about it. I have no desire to come in and have some kind of a little uh, watered down message with a bunch of jokes and a few little intelligent quips and a few tweetable phrases so that I can be everywhere that they're opening the doors to preach at every conference. I'm not a conference preacher. I'm a revival preacher. And, and people, they found that out. I'm not, there's, there's only a couple that I'll do, and that's because they're Holy Ghost friends of mine. But I'm not a conference preacher. I'm a revival preacher because I'm ready to see a nation shaken by the mighty fire of God. And the Pentecostal message is more needed than it's ever been. And I like what Pastor Motley said. He said that there is no gospel without the supernatural. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse four, listen to what the apostle Paul said to this church. Now, I wrote about this a bit in the book that's coming out further faster, how Paul made the mistake of going into Athens and, and thinking that he could debate people into the kingdom of God. And Paul stood up with the Epicurean and the Stoic philosophers and used all of his wisdom and knowledge that he had built up sitting at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the greatest teachers in the history of Judaism that ever was. Paul was super intelligent. He had all the education. And he stood in front of the philosophers thinking that the way to get into it was to, to make some analogies to the gods that they had and to make let that be the wedge in to talk to them and debate them into the kingdom. But he found out very quickly, as Athens was his least successful ministry endeavor in the Bible, only a few, the Bible says, only a few were saved on that day. 
So notice what Paul learned. And then, of course, he writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Listen to this. I'll start with verse 1 and go to verse 5. He said, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Catch this. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech, here it is, my speech and my message were not in plausible words of men's wisdom, but in the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see that? Paul, by the inspiration and intelligence of the Holy Ghost, said that when I come to you, I'm not coming to debate you in. I'm not coming to use philosophy to get you in. I'm going to depend on the power of the Holy Ghost so that your faith will never rest in human wisdom. It will always rest in the power of God because the power of God is the proof that Jesus is alive. If you haven't found it out yet or if nobody's told you, the power of the Holy Ghost, it is the proof that Jesus is alive. Nothing else. The preaching of the gospel is backed up by proof. It was throughout the whole New Testament, and it still is today. It was through the whole New Testament, and it still is today. The proof. Let me, let me give you something here. Think about this. I'll give you something logical to chew on for a second. Think about when John the Baptist's disciples came to Jesus. What did they ask Jesus? A question from John. Are you the Messiah or are we waiting for somebody else? Are you the one or do we look for another? That was their question. What was Jesus' answer? He said, go and tell John the things that you've seen and heard. He said, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. What did Jesus just do? Jesus pointed at his healing and deliverance ministry as the proof that he was the son of God. Do you see that? Jesus pointed at his healing and deliverance ministry as the proof that he was the son of God. So for all those people out there that say, well, if you see signs and wonders and miracles happening today, it's just a deception of the devil to, because that stuff has ceased. That's no longer available in our generation. That's from now it's a deception of the devil. Let me just give you something that's logical. If the devil could do healing miracles, deliverance miracles, then Jesus was foolish for using healing miracles as the proof that he was the Messiah. Because if the devil can do them too, then it is no proof he's the son of God. The reason he pointed to those signs, wonders, and miracles is because he and he alone by his power is the one that can do them. And the reason we can do them today is because he's filled us with that same power. And he said, the works that I do, you will do also. 
and greater works than these because I'm going to be with the father. And what he was saying was, when I go, I'll ask the father to send you another comforter. And when he comes, that's the Holy Ghost, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So the only reason we can do them today is because we have the same power that Christ had. And the devil cannot do what we as believers can do because he doesn't have power to heal, nor does he have power to deliver, nor does he have power to save. And this message that I'm preaching to you tonight on how to live at another level, we need a fresh encounter with the mighty Holy Ghost. And so we have to be those that declare, I need a move of God in my own personal life. I need one every day. I need fresh, I like how David, even in the Old Testament, David, who could not be filled with the Holy Spirit because he had not been regenerated by salvation. Jesus had not come yet. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could still come upon men and women and the power of God would flow through them. But David, I love what David said. He said, you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I love that phrase. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Thank you, Jesus. I want you guys to just write that phrase in the comment section. Fresh oil, fresh oil. That's the key for tonight. I'm talking about fresh oil, fresh oil. Hallelujah. I've got about 150 of you in these in this room right now between all three platforms and we're talking about fresh oil. And those that come on later to watch will receive the same anointing. Time is nothing to God. Distance is nothing to God. But my prayer is going to be, Lord, fill us with fresh oil from heaven. Fill us with fresh oil from heaven, a fresh anointing. We'll say, brother, once you got it, you got it. No, that's not the case. We need fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. We need fresh encounters with the Holy Spirit. We'll say, well, show me that in the Bible. I'm getting ready to. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, we have the story of the day of Pentecost. And we know what happened. 120 believers were in the upper room waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And when that day came, the Bible says they heard a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting. And the Bible says cloven tongues of fire sat upon their heads. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues and prophesy as the Spirit gave them utterance. On that day, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, people that say, well, you don't need a fresh touch. You already have a touch. Well, if that's the case, then let me show you something in the word and ask you a question. All of those believers begin to do the work of God that they were called and anointed to do, but they started feeling pushback. They started feeling persecution. An antichrist spirit tried to stop them from doing what God called them to do. They got called before the council. They got all these things begin to happen. So Acts 3 is when it happens. So in Acts 4, they come back. They come back to a house, the Bible says. And uh, I'll start maybe reading with uh, verse 23 of chapter 4. Listen to this. And when they were released, 
They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, and then they began to pray. Pray and praise God. And look at this. As they're praying, as they're praising God, keep in mind, these are the same people from the upper room. Same people from the upper room. Go down. Verse 30. Uh, Let's go down to verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse 31, and when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. Look at this. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. What in the world just happened? You say, hold on a second. I thought these people got filled with the Holy Spirit two chapters ago. They did. But you cannot just be filled with the Holy Ghost. You can be refilled with the Holy Ghost and refilled and refilled and refilled. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not just filled. I'm getting a fresh touch from God tonight. You're receiving a fresh touch from God tonight in a moment. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over every one of you that are watching. And I'm asking God tonight to do what he did for those in Acts chapter 4 and verse 31. And to fill your house and to fill your room with a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit and give you fresh oil from heaven. Hallelujah. We're going to receive fresh oil from heaven tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. A new boldness is coming upon you. A new strength is coming upon you. New health is coming upon you. New wisdom is coming upon you. New joy is coming upon you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? A new touch from the Holy Ghost. You know, I don't want, it's crazy that we think that, you know, you hear some people talk. You hear some people talk. My God, brother, I can remember. We had a mighty meeting back in 1994. And I mean, the power of God fell. Oh, I can remember. I can remember. I was out under the power for five hours on the ground. They carried me out of that building. Oh, to go back to those wonderful days of revival. You hear people talk like that as if God's not moving anymore. What do you think he stopped? You think God's license to move ran out in 1995? You think God's not moving anymore? And people that are always pointing back to the past. Now, I really, I realize I started this broadcast by telling you a story of something that happened to me when I was in Bible school. But let me give you a heads up. That is not the last time the Holy Ghost has moved in my life by any stretch of the imagination. We have the Holy Ghost move every single day. He's touching me every day. I get filled with his spirit every single day. Every time we have a, a, a meeting, I saw Pastor Jordan work on here tonight, I thought. I thought I saw a comment that went up and said, Pastor Jordan work if he's still on. You know, when we go out to see him, when we go out to see him this year, let me tell you, same thing. We're going to have a move of the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, there's a move of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's not based on the church that we're going to. You can carry it yourself. You can carry it in your own spirit. You can carry the fire of God with you wherever you go. The power of God can stay on your life. And so we're going to see it. A mighty move of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to look back. 
You know, many people did that for years. I wish we could go back to the days of, you know, the voice of healing movement. I wish we could go back to the day as if God's done doing that kind of stuff. Made me laugh. There was a guy recently that prophesied and said, the day of tent evangelism is coming back to America. You know, he started prophesying that nationwide. My dad, I heard my dad said, I didn't know it left (laughs) because my dad has been holding tent crusades and hasn't stopped since he started in the ministry. And so somebody got on and said, it's coming back to America. He didn't know it stopped. Why? Because God will do what you're willing to do. If you've got faith to go out and to minister, then guess who's with you? The mighty Holy Spirit. The mighty Holy Spirit. We're living in that dispensation of the power of God. We're not waiting for God to sovereignly move again. He's been moving. He didn't stop moving. We're moving. We're moving with the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you, this is going to be the greatest year every one of us has seen by faith in Jesus' name. We are flying above our enemies in 2020. We cannot be touched. We're mounting up with wings as eagles in Jesus' name. I love that next phrase. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not be weary. In the name of Jesus, anything that was attempting to bring weariness upon your life is loosing you and letting you go today in Jesus' name. Whatever presented weariness to you is loosing you and letting you go tonight in Jesus' name. Whatever has tried to sap your strength, I'm telling you, get ready. Because in a few moments, when I pray the prayer of faith over you, it is loosing its grip and letting you go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We are mounting up with wings like eagles. We will run and will not grow weary. We shall walk and we shall not faint. I refuse to faint. I refuse to grow weary. I'll not be weary in well-doing. I want you to write it. I'll not be weary in well-doing. I will not be weary in well-doing. You know, what you have with the Holy Spirit is a relationship. It's a relationship. Just like I have with my wife. I have a relationship with her. I've used this illustration before. But the day we got married, I was just waiting for you may now kiss the bride. I was ready to kiss that girl. And when I heard it, I laid that kiss on. And let me tell you something. After I kissed her, I didn't then say, thank God that's over. Thank God we're married. I never have to kiss her again. No, no, no. There's been many more kisses after that. Many more kisses. Kissed her today. I'll kiss her again when the broadcast is over. I'll kiss her before bed. I'll kiss her in the morning. Many more kisses. I didn't join myself in covenant to her because I didn't want to have interactions with her. I joined myself in covenant to her because I want to have daily interactions with the one I love. And the same is true with the Holy Spirit and with Christ. I didn't get saved as a form of fire insurance. I got saved. Now I'm in relationship with the one I love. And because I love him and he loves me, I will have interactions and relationship with the Holy Ghost every single day. Look at her. There she is online throwing me online kisses, online kisses. I receive it. I'll give you a real offline kisses in just a few minutes. 
And so I didn't get married. And let me tell you something. I don't have a relationship with the Holy Ghost. To You know, people like, my God, we had a youth camp in 1989. I burnt my whole Led Zeppelin box set in a big 50-gallon drum. And my God, we had church. Well, if you think that that's the last time that God's supposed to have moved in your life, let me tell you something. He, he, you've waited too long for a fresh touch from the Holy Ghost. Waited too long. You've waited too long. And so I, w- I want you to hear this. That's it. Keep writing it. I will not be weary in well-doing. I'll not be weary in well-doing in Jesus' name. That's the key. That's the key. We shall not grow weary. There's a new strength coming upon every man and every woman. There's a new boldness coming upon. There's a fresh oil from heaven that's coming upon your life, and you'll not grow weary. Let me give you one last thing to do before, or to look at before we pray, and I pray the prayer of faith over you. After Elijah had called down fire from heaven, destroyed the prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel, the Bible says that it didn't help the fact that Ahab and Jezebel still wanted to hang him in the gallows, still wanted to kill him. But the Bible says, and of course they were in a drought that he had called by the Spirit of God. And so they were in a time of drought. But the Bible says, Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. It's a crazy thing to say when there's not been any rain. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed himself on the ground and put his face between his knees. 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 41. Now I'm in verse 43. And then he said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. And he went and looked and said, there is nothing. I could preach that all night. I'm not going to. And he said, go again seven times. And at the seventh time, he said, behold, there is a cloud, size of a man's hand, rising from the sea. And he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down and lest the, lest the rain stop you. Now watch this. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind. And there was great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Look at this. Verse 46. I'm, I mean, this makes me feel like shouting. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and the hand that now, I'm now in 1 Kings 18 and verse 46. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah and he gathered up his garment and he ran in front of Ahab all the way to the entrance of the city, which by the way, was miles and miles and miles and miles. What just happened to Elijah? Now, I want you to understand this. Ahab was not his friend. Ahab was his enemy. Jezebel was his enemy. And the Bible says that Ahab got a head start. He already had jumped on his chariot. Horses were already pulling him across the desert. But the Bible says that the hand of God came upon Elijah and he took off running. And he ran so hardcore under the power of the Holy Ghost that not only did he catch up to Ahab's chariot, but he outran the chariot, outran the chariot. Now, let me, let me stop and say, it, whether you think that that was supernatural or not, maybe if you did it for five seconds, you know, maybe if you, maybe if, let's just say for the skeptics, maybe the, the horses were just walking. Maybe they were just trotting. Maybe it was a slow trot 
all the way to the entrance. Maybe he wasn't full out, you know, Ben Hur in that thing. But let me just tell you, if you're running miles and miles and miles and miles, it doesn't matter if the horses are at a trot or not. There's going to come a time you're going to get tired and the horses are going to outrun you. But let me just say this, the urgency with which Elijah spoke to Ahab, get to the city before the rain stops you. I guarantee you he was moving. But the Bible says, didn't matter that he was moving. Elijah, under the hand of God, took off running and outran the horses and chariot and outran the king, who was his enemy, all the way to the entrance of the city. What am I preaching to you tonight? I'm preaching to you that the hand of God is coming upon your life in a new way in Jesus' name, and you will outrun every enemy of your soul in the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to outrun sickness. You'll outrun disease. You'll outrun poverty and lack. You'll outrun depression. You'll outrun anxiety. You'll outrun suicidal thoughts. You'll outrun a broken marriage. You will outrun your enemies in Jesus' mighty name. There is a power of God that's coming upon you tonight by impartation. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith and the mighty hand of the Lord is coming upon your life and strength from heaven is going to overtake your body, overtake your mind and overtake your spirit. And you are going to mount up with wings like an eagle and you will run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint in Jesus mighty name. I'm telling you, get ready, get ready to receive that refreshing from the Holy Ghost, fresh oil from heaven, fresh oil from heaven. That's it, Brandon. Divine momentum. I'm talking about expedited favor, violent increase. You can't stop us in 2020. You can't stop us in 2020. So I want you to lift your hands wherever you're watching from. I want you to get ready to receive this prayer of faith. I'm going to loose this thing by the power of God and the strength of heaven's coming upon you tonight, and you're going to run and not grow weary in Jesus' name. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, I loose the fire of God to every man and every woman that's watching this broadcast live or on the replay, even if they're listening on the podcast later, Lord. I pray now to touch them, that you'll touch them by your mighty hand. I pray that expedited favor, new strength, fresh oil comes upon your people quickly in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, if there's sickness or disease in their body, we rebuke it tonight. Touch them now by your mighty right hand. Let healing virtue flow through their body now. Make them whole for your glory and for your own praise. We give you all the praise and glory. Lord, if they're battling in their mind, touch their mind. I pray peace and joy come upon God's people. I rebuke depression and anxiety. Lord, I pray now in the mighty name of Jesus, fresh strength for our purpose, fresh strength for our purpose. We shall run and never grow weary in this new year. We shall run and never grow weary by the power of God in Jesus' name. Let God arise and every enemy be scattered Every enemy be scattered in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that every enemy of our body, mind, and soul is running in terror from our homes tonight, running from our children, running from our grandchildren. We thank you, Lord, for it. We are the blessed of God. We are the healed of God. We are the joyful of God. We are the thankful of God. 
and we shall see the goodness of God manifested in our lives in 2020. Now, Lord, we thank you that this second quarter of the year, as April has just begun, will be the greatest quarter that we've ever seen in the history of our lives. Let every area of our life increase and far surpass what we've seen in the past in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your mercies and your goodness in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it and receive that impartation of strength and fresh oil tonight, throw some hands up in the comments and shout aloud, amen. And I'm talking about in your room where you're watching. Shout amen in Jesus' name. Because it is done. That's it. Declare it, Marissa. My enemies will come in from one direction. They shall flee in seven directions. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare it. We declare it. That's it. I see it. You're receiving. You receive it. You receive it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God's going to carry us in this joy. He's going to carry us in this strength. No fear. Don't let there be any fear in this time that we're in. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid in Jesus' name. Do not fear what's to come. Do not fear what's coming down the road. Don't fear. There's no reason to be afraid. Trust in the Lord your God and do not be afraid. Fear is us saying we don't trust God can take care, but God will take care of us every day, all the way. I wish Bishop Marlon Reed was here to sing God's Not Through Blessing You because that man can sing it and the anointing's on it. I should play it one night. I'm telling you, he can sing that song. And God's not through blessing you in Jesus' name. God is not through blessing you. In just a moment, I'm going to play a little video for you that really is its going to get you shouting and dancing in just a minute. I want to encourage every person that's watching to sow a seed tonight by faith. You're watching this. This blessed your spirit. This took you up to another level. Now, take a step of faith and sow a seed that God speaks to you by his spirit. If you haven't done that, maybe you haven't done something that's moved your flesh. What do I mean by that? Something that actually takes faith, that makes your flesh say, no, don't do that. Go beyond the flesh, step out in the spirit and obey the voice of the Lord. And of course, as you know, if you watch this broadcast for any period of time, we never put pressure on people. We give you the opportunity to sow seed. As I preached last night, we don't give ever in response to manipulation or pressure, but we do what the Lord tells us to do. That keeps our seed as a seed and so that it never turns into a worthless deed. Thank you, Brandon, for sowing. And if you see what Brandon just did on Facebook or Periscope, you can use hashtag donate in the comments section to sow a seed. And uh, right there, without ever having to leave the comments, you can give. If you'd like to use uh, an app, thank you, Raina, for sowing a seed. Maybe you'd like to use PayPal or Cash App, even Venmo now we take. All the information's on the screen. And then for those of you that like to partner with us or sow a seed on the website, you can always go to miracleword.com and sow right from the website. Or as we've been praying, Carolyn and I, become a partner with this ministry. You can even see right now on the screen that we have our partners list. This is only some of our partners because I tried to load all of them in here and it like literally froze the program up. That's 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 a, that's actually a, a great testimony. I tried to lo load all the names of our partners into the program and it wouldn't even run. And so I thank God. Now we're praying and believing God for a thousand partners 
to stand with us on a monthly basis at $85 or more. Pray and ask the Lord. Maybe you are one of those that the Lord's speaking to you to do that. If you're not, no pressure. Do what the Lord tells you to do. You'll be blessed. You will be blessed. Amen. You're watching Brother Hagin this afternoon. Me too. Every time I watch those clips, it stirs me up. Amen, Lena. Lena said, I love how in the start you spoke about us sitting in heavenly places. It's the verse I always go back to and remind myself where I'm spiritually. A absolutely. Absolutely right. Can't touch you. Can't touch you. You're too high. Too high. And let me tell you, I'm so thankful to everybody that's partnering with us and standing with us. Let me show you this, by the way, that for every person that's standing with us this month at $100 or more throughout the, the whole month, we're building your, uh, your, your, your library. This book right here is one of my favorite books in my library. It is by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. It's called The End. It's a complete overview of Bible prophecy in the end, uh, basically what we call end time Bible prophecy, 530 pages of teaching. And it literally is a comprehensive overview. Any question you have on Bible prophecy, you'll find the answer in this book, most likely. It is so phenomenal and um, so much information. And you know, it's not written like a textbook where you feel like, man, this is so hard to get through. It's really written so well that you can easily get through this co content. So many people are intimidated by the subject of Bible prophecy. This takes the intimidation out of the study. And uh, this is our gift to every one of you that are sowing $100 or more uh, in the month of April. And then, of course, as you know, for all of our, our, our friends that are sowing $1,000 or more, we're sending you this beautiful life application study Bible, genuine leather, Tons and tons of notes. This is, by the way, the best-selling study Bible I found out on the market. And it's one of my favorite new tools. We're going to assign it to you, make it out to you, and uh, to say our thank, uh, our thank you to you. There's my friend, Ashley Melton and Ted. Love you guys very much. And, uh, and thanks for being on with us tonight. I'll be back. I got a special guest. I'm not going to tell you who, but I have a special guest that's coming on with me in the morning at 10.30 a.m., and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, if you have any teenagers, if you have any children, if you have anybody in public school, if you've got anybody in school, period, you need to be on in the morning at 1030 a.m. for this special guest that's going to be joining me. Uh, it's going to be a phenomenal broadcast, and you're not going to want to miss it. going to be diving into some things that are happening in America, happening in our public schools, happening for our young people. There's a move of the Holy Spirit. It's not Carolyn, actually, Lenan. <laughs> For once, it's not Carolyn. <laughs> but um, you're not going to want to miss it because there's a mighty move of the Spirit available for our young people in this nation. I'm telling you, the greatest things that have ever happened in America are getting ready to happen. God saves the best for last. And I believe the young people, and I know there's many agreeing with me on this, um, many that are going to see a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Many people understand what's happening. There's a hunger in our colleges. There's a hunger in our public schools and our private schools to see God move. And I'm telling you, you're not going to want to miss the morning. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, and so 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's not Carolyn. People keep asking, is it Carolyn? Is it Carolyn? It's not Carolyn. It's not Carolyn, but it's 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. 
And uh, it's it's not Carolyn, by the way. <laughs> Everyone's asking if it's Carolyn. It's not Carolyn. It's someone else other than Carolyn. And so you have to log in in the morning to see who that is. And uh, by the way, I just want to say we love you guys. I really appreciate the opportunity and ability to speak to you, to teach you, uh, to encourage you. It's not Jonathan. Nice try. But it's not my cousin Jonathan, who I love and who I believe is one of the greatest preachers in America. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal preacher. It's not my daughter. Excellent question, but it's not my daughter. By the way, speaking of my daughter, if you haven't jumped into Miracle Word Kids for the month of April, go grab the new April mission at MiracleWordKids.com. Download it. It's absolutely free. And then the 9th of April, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, we got a Miracle Word Kids live craft party for your kids. And listen, need you to order this by Saturday because Resurrection Sunday is coming. We want these boxes to be to you in time. And so we got two versions now. I got a new note. I got a new note. Um, if you want the boxes that have all that you see on the on the image there in them, shirts, candy, tumbler, um, journal, slap bracelet, Easter story, all of that, $40 only, you get the whole thing plus the custom box. But if you want to get it now without the t-shirt, you can do that as well on the store for only $25. Please make your order if you're doing it by Saturday because we've got to have time to get it to you um, in time for before Easter comes. And so those are available right now. And uh, oh, and let me just say this. If you didn't get a chance to pre-order, my friend Joel Stocksdale, if he's still on, he wrote the forward to this book that's coming out this month further faster. And I'm telling you, this is, I believe, the most powerful book we've released yet. And if you didn't get a chance to pre-order it, go to shop.miracleword.com. It's shipping this month. It's already all done. It's going to the printer now. And then we're shipping it to you uh, further, faster. How to accelerate your purpose through the force of impartation. It's a book on impartation. It will stir your faith. And so if you didn't get a chance to do it, shop.miracleword.com. And uh, thank you for hanging with me. And thank you for being here. I'll see you in the morning. What's today? Thursday? Tomorrow's Friday. It's coming up the weekend already. Man, time's flying. Time flies when you're having fun. Time's fun when you're having flies. I will um, see you in the morning at 1030. And then we're back again tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Spirit of Faith session. Here's a video to do some dancing to as we uh, go out on the broadcast. We've been talking about being Pentecostal. There's my friend Cody Spencer. I love you. By the way, let me say, my friend Cody Spencer hosts what I consider to be the greatest youth conference in America entitled the Uproar Conference. You can get all the details for your young people at theuproar.org, theuproar.org. It's coming up this year at the end of July, as always, in, in New York, just above Pennsylvania line, uh, Elmira, New York. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be powerful. We're seeing a whole generation of young people shaken, and the best part, it's absolutely free. It's absolutely free. So for more information on that, go to theuproar.org, theuproar.org. You'll get all the details, address, speakers, any information you need, it's on there. That's He and his wife are mighty people of God doing the work of the Lord and a whole generation's being changed by the Uproar Conference. Got so big, it couldn't even fit in their church and their church is large. Had to rent the arena in Elmira, New York, first arena. And uh, it's worth getting there. 
college age, high school age, middle school age, it's worth being there. And so go get the information on it and join us. I'll be there this year again. I'm excited to be there because it's Holy Ghost. It's Holy Ghost. And you heard me say I'm not a conference speaker. I'm a revival speaker. But this is one conference that as long as they'll have me, I'll do it because I believe in it. I love you guys. It's time to dance. Get off your couch. You thought I was going to say something else. (laughs) Get off your couch. Get out of your chair, pull your car over to the side of the road. Enjoy this clip from my friend, Jeremiah Yoakum, who plays and sings like a Holy Ghost house on fire. Enjoy it. This song's called Jesus Is With Me by my friend, Jeremiah Yoakum, one of America's greatest praise and worship leaders. I love you guys. Have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. Well, Jesus is with me when the storm clouds together. He's standing by my side when I hear the thunder roll and he holds my hand when I begin to tremble when the winds of this world is blowing strong I know that Jesus is with me when the storm Behold!
is always sneaking around the gate. He's trying to lead a sheep astray. But he that is within us is so much greater than he when we rebuke him and chase him away. I know that Jesus is with me when the storm song that we got to stand here and can't praise God. Nobody ever said you got to wait till Thursday night or Friday night to shout. Nobody ever said you got to wait till Friday night to praise the Lord. Now listen, we're going to turn Brother Greg loose. I don't believe in singing for an hour and a half and then letting the preacher up. That's rude. So we're going to sing for a few more minutes. And if you came to praise the Lord tonight, I want you to put your hands together and let God know that you love him here tonight. Wait, Sage. 
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.